0: Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, SETI, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures, because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hi everyone, welcome back to another Summer Series episode of It's No Secret. Today we're chatting about the 101 of investing in cryptocurrency, what the heck cryptocurrencies are, whether they're a fad or not, and how to get started if it's something that you're interested in. Now, Kat and I are definitely not experts in this topic, so we call on Darcy Angaro, financial advisor and host of the NZ Everyday Investor to share all his crypto-related insights. Not only does Darcy share his personal journey with investing in cryptocurrency, but he helps us understand the role that it can play in an investment portfolio. And to support our summer series, Darcy has been kind enough to give you, our lovely listeners, the opportunity to win a two-hour, one-on-one financial planning session with Darcy himself. These sessions are valued at $1,472, that's New Zealand dollars, so we're very excited to be able to give you guys this opportunity. As a financial advisor, Darcy specializes in financial strategy, mortgages, insurance, cryptocurrency and KiwiSaver. So if you're looking for guidance in any of these areas, Darcy is your person and this is the giveaway for you. So how do you enter to win? You'll need to jump over to our Instagram at itsnosecretnz and check out our latest post where we have all the entry details. The competition will run from Wednesday the 2nd of February 2022 to Tuesday the 8th of February 2022. So be sure to get your entry in ASAP. For the T's and C's and to find out more, like I said, head over to the Instagram. Right, back to the episode. We hope you enjoy our chat about investing in crypto.
1: So to kind of kick us off, do you want to maybe just chat us through well, when did you first become interested in cryptocurrency and how long has this learning journey been for you so far?
2: Yeah, so my journey has been quite a while, Catherine. It's, it's- taking me a long time to get, I I was aware of Bitcoin for quite a while, probably since 2012. I was aware of Bitcoin in particular, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. until 2017 that I actually made the first move and bought some Bitcoin. And that was off the back of doing a podcast episode where I had to actually put my biases aside and actually just learn about what it was for what it is rather than the way that I was viewing it. And I think I was traditionally Mm -hmm. viewing it as probably many people do initially, which is it's, it's a fad, it's a scam, it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Mm. And if you don't know enough about finance and mathematics and you combine it together, it's extra dangerous, just stay away. That's kind of what I thought. And then as I did some research, it was like, okay, I, I kind of understand that now. And I, I was slowly starting to dismantle all of the reasons why I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And started to replace it with maybe maybe I should do it or maybe I should do it even just a little bit. And so mm-hmm. then I just got into it. I just started just buying a little bit every single week. I think I did that for about three years. So for about three years since 2017, put yeah. aside a, a, the same amount every single week, and I basically built a portfolio of some crypto assets that I felt comfortable with. And uh-huh. um, and that brings me to today, really.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So I I think that's probably a good place to start in terms of that misconception, because I know doing a bit of prep for this interview and one thing that I think really confused me and probably turns off other people is, you know, everyone refers like it's called cryptocurrency, but we're almost told to think of it as an investment. But Mm. currencies and investments are quite different things in my mind, right, in terms Mm. of like normal finance learnings and what I've been taught at university. And also I guess the idea of investing in a currency seems really scary because I've been told, you know, all of the things of like forex trading sounds very complicated and like understanding currency movements and the interactions between currency is very complicated. So do you think that like – How would you describe it? Do you see it as an investment or as a currency? And does that make a difference for you in terms of, you know, investing your money there?
2: I think it's probably, it's a misnomer, right? It's a terrible, whoever in the marketing team came up with cryptocurrency should be fired, right? Yeah. Because crypto, it sounds, ooh, crypt, this dark, dark dungeon place, stay away from it, Mm -hmm. or cryptography, that sounds like something from the war, like spies use that, And, and currency yeah, you're right. You don't necessarily invest in the New Zealand dollar, right? Like that's yep. just what we use. It's a medium of mm. exchange. So it's it's a terrible way of describing it. And I think if if those who are in this space were to come up with a better name for this class, it would be digital assets, I think, mm-hmm. rather than cryptocurrencies. Because yep. that's kind of what it is. It's a digital asset. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, you could use it as a currency. You could use it, you could use some cryptocurrencies as purely a medium of exchange. And for all intents and purposes, it's actually a very efficient medium of exchange compared to traditional systems. Yeah. But really it's 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 so much more than that. And it almost it's almost evolving and teaching us what it really is. Mm -hmm. So it's the ultimate I guess it kind of forces you to be really, really honest with what you believe about investing. Because if anything that you believe about investing is just some sort of jargon that you picked up or some sort of 10 hot trips, tips, sorry, you Mm. will quickly be inclined to throw that away because it, it brings out the truth in you. Like if you think that investing is about owning meme stocks and just following the latest greatest fad. And if you do that in this crypto space, you will get chewed up and spat out very quickly. So it, mm. it forces you to actually think about what, what is it about investing that you believe in? Why are you doing it? And, yep. and how long are you going to be doing it for? Are you just playing around here with these tools? Or are you trying to build something with it? So I think, mm. yeah, it should, be, it should be relabeled digital currencies because all it is is, yes, it is digital money for the digital world. But it's also a new asset class, I think, that yep. as we're starting to see it evolve – it's starting to take on characteristics that many in the industry didn't initially think that it would have
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that is definitely helpful because I think one thing that, you know, I would absolutely put myself in the category of people that were quite skeptical and, you know, this is an asset class that I know very little about. So how would I, why would I even think about investing in it? And then sort of reframing it, yeah, as a digital asset that is almost just another store of value, like other assets can be, has made me. I guess, a little bit more like warm to the idea of trying to understand this in the same way that I'd understand more physical assets, because it's obviously very different to say buying a property. Um, You know, if you were, well, talking to a complete beginner, how would you kind of explain like what it is that you're buying when you're investing in crypto?
2: Mm. So many ways to, so many ways to approach that one. Yeah. And I kind of swap it around a little bit. So the one, the one that I might use is that you have to start with what you believe is real, right? Like if you zoom in on any object close enough, you'll discover that there's a lot of space in between these little molecules bouncing around, right? Like everything is basically a um, a mirage, or it's like in the Matrix, right? It's just a visual mm-hmm. representation of of something that we can mm-hmm. understand. Our brains get it. So when yep. we're investing, yeah, there's a natural inclination, like we we'll say with property, for example, to to think that it's actually more real. Yet, perhaps it is more real, but your ownership of that asset is still based on faith. It's still based on faith that the title system will be something that we can rely on. It's still faith yeah. on your ability to repay the mortgage if there is a mortgage on that. It's not technically yours, right? It's mm. It exists. It's real. But what it does for you is based on other things being real.
0: Mm. With
2: cryptocurrencies, and I, I like to pick on Bitcoin because that's, that's the easiest one, is mm. that it is real in as much that you can actually understand the, the science, I guess, if you like, behind it. It is knowable and it is finite. So it exists on what we call a blockchain, which, if you like, is just a whole bunch of databases, perhaps, that are all linked together and updated simultaneously. And effectively, one way of looking at it is that it's a piece of code, a finite piece of code that's hanging on the Internet which you can own chunks of. And that's one of the ways that I, I like to look at it because it is finite, it's a closed loop. Yes, it exists on the internet, but it's there because of mathematics. So as long as I believe in what mathematics does, I can have faith in the Bitcoin network. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know if that helps. Okay.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it definitely does. And I think um, that's probably an in... An important distinction to make as well as, you know, Bitcoin and crypto kind of get tossed around a lot interchangeably, but obviously cryptocurrency is, I guess, the whole asset class, right? And then underlying that there's Bitcoin, but there's also lots of different types of currencies. So a couple of questions on that. Are they, are all of them, um, are all of them finite? Like is every cryptocurrency, is that kind of a thing of a like, I don't know, a feature yeah. of a cryptocurrency? Is that they're created as a finite thing and kind of how many are there at the moment?
2: I don't know how many there are. I, I know there'll be thousands and thousands of different cryptocurrencies, right? And Bitcoin yep. is the granddaddy of them all. But some of them are finite and some of them aren't. So with Bitcoin, there's 21 million that can ever exist. Mm. And I think there's probably about four, 14.5 million in circulation at the moment, but quite a few million have actually been lost permanently and they'll never exist. So the actual amount of new Bitcoin that can, or sorry, the actual amount of Bitcoin that can ever exist is probably around 17 million, all things considered. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. finite. They cannot produce any more. Luckily, there's a lot of decimal places behind it. So we can all be a Bitcoin investor. Yes. Whereas with a lot of the other um, cryptocurrencies, it is not finite. They can produce more all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Dogecoin, which some people may, may have heard of, you know, that's, it's very much not, not finite. And so you're not buying scarcity. So with with Bitcoin, you are buying a piece of code that cannot be added or cannot be inflated past the maximum amount. So you are mm-hmm. buying scarcity, just like you would when you're buying real estate, right? Because there's only so much land in sure. existence in the world. So when yep. you're buying that, your your belief is that people will be paying more for that scarce thing in the future than what you paid, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And same thing with Bitcoin, you're buying some scarcity, but that's in the digital realm. So yeah, like not all Bitcoins are, sorry, not all cryptocurrencies are the same. Some are centralized, some are decentralized. So that just means that some are effectively on a a closed network where there is kind of like a ringmaster or a puppet master that can see things and and, and play around with stuff. Other ones are decentralized like Bitcoin, where there is no one person who is in charge. So it's like Mm -hmm. a democratic, democratic financial system, if you like and how they work how they come into existence how the transactions are verified on the network there's some differences as well proof of proof of work proof of stake some uses a lot of power some uses a lot of resource but Mm. there's a lot of little nuances a lot of the tokens out there sorry i shouldn't say tokens and introduce a new term without defining it but um, a lot of the cryptocurrencies out there will be what we call utility tokens you you're buying them because where you own them because of what that specific network can do. For example, on the Ethereum network, you could own Ethereum. You could own some ETH and just hold that asset and speculate that someone will pay more for it in the future than what you paid. Or you can use that to go on um, what's called decentralized finance, uh, where you can actually earn interest and swap them and do liquidity pool stuff and Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff that I have a very limited understanding on. But you can do stuff with things that are built on the Ethereum network, whereas on the Bitcoin network, yeah, you can you can do some stuff. My understanding is that it's more about the asset itself. It's more about yep. the actual thing that moves around on that network.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. That I think that is really helpful because one of the um, podcasts that I was listening to just to kind of that was really explaining like ETH and the differences between Ethereum and Bitcoin is they're also saying like with Ethereum you have the ability to then go and buy things like NFTs um and other i mean obviously more jargon there which we may or may not get to later but um you know you have the ability to use it almost as a means to access other things as you've just kind of said as opposed to bitcoin is a little bit more exclusively as a possibly just a store of value that you're hoping will appreciate over time is would that kind of be fair and is that is that sort of what you're hoping with that as an investment is that the kind of end goal
2: Pretty much, pretty much. You're, you're kind of staking a claim in the new world that yet hasn't yet manifested itself with Bitcoin. So putting aside the other ones just for a second and just looking at the Bitcoin piece, the, the use case is that you're putting some of your wealth, and we'll maybe touch on this in the future, how much do we put towards this, but you're mm-hmm. putting some, a tiny little sliver of your wealth into an asset which is so other that you get this non-correlation to, to traditional assets um, and so the use case is that as a portfolio enhancer. So if you're investing, say, primarily with index funds, some individual shares, maybe an investment property, if you had a small sliver of Bitcoin, you're getting like a flavor enhancer to your portfolio because just a tiny, it's like saffron, just a tiny, tiny little amount, right? Of mm-hmm. this this new element that you introduce can give you significant outperformance and yeah. even during poor times of performance within Bitcoin where it drops down in value significantly, like 75%, Mm. which can happen again, I promise you it will, you you still are better off even inserting just 1% of your overall portfolio to Bitcoin because in those times that it does perform well, it performs Mm -hmm. so well that it's possible for everyday investors, I think, to get the edge and not just have yeah. to put up with the average so it's it's as a, an enhancer to your portfolio yes it is an alternative store of value and depending on how um how much you want to go down the rabbit hole of the the world that we would have to be in for bitcoin to be worth millions of dollars you mm-hmm. know it, it all depends on on who you are like you can have just a little bit of it and buy into a little bit of that world mm-hmm Or you can be a Bitcoin maximalist where everything should be all about Bitcoin and sell everything and put it all into Bitcoin and, you know, you'll either make it or break it. Who knows? One or the other though.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, that is such a good point because I think that one of the things that often can put people off about Bitcoin is, or just crypto in general, is it's, I don't know if this is like the nature of just it as in kind of. A thing and almost the the like world it's created, but you've got some real diehard fans, right? Like it's there's some really really you know intensely like yeah. Bitcoin fanatic kind of investors out there, and they're very loud, and they you can hear them, <laughs> you know, in news headlines, and of course media jumps onto like a lot of the good stories, but then also the negative stories, and I think that can put people off a little bit because it's like oh hold on they seem quite fanatic about this, um, I don't know if I fully understand it therefore you know why should I consider this as an alternate to say investing in shares but what you're sort of saying is well actually there's a almost a minimal amount of information that you need to understand and kind of reframe this as a digital asset and then there absolutely can be a place for it to make up a you know part of a well diversified portfolio for for most people, if that's what mm. they're open to. do you think totally. is that sort of fair like yeah,
2: absolutely. I think we, I think the you know and you're you're in the industry as as I am in terms of you're in the financial services space. and so yeah. you understand that you know obviously most of the financial products that people acquire out there, there's there's an established revenue model behind it and Mm. so whenever there's something new that comes along by default we're of course going to be resistant and label it fringe and something that only conspiracy theorists do or these nut bars over here that's what they do right but i think as things start to transition and we start to see more ways that er everyday investors can access exposure to bitcoin that are kind of mainstream Mm. and there's a revenue model that's built around distributing bitcoin for these investors i think you're going to start to see funnily enough the you know traditional mainstream financial advice start to adopt it. I think that's actually happening now, where mm-hmm. more mainstream people start to talk about it. It becomes legitimized to some extent, and it's not this fringe thing that these people that are you know a bit strange deal with. It's actually yeah. legit and um, I think you know it requires a different type of faith in financial markets, but it's still faith, right? like when mm-hmm. you're building wealth which is diversified and constructed in the best possible way, but it's all denominated in US dollars, then really you're still quite concentrated, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can diversify a small chunk of your portfolio into something that is a, I guess like a monetary or a denominator diversifier, then Mm -hmm. you are truly diversified on another layer deep, right? Because you're not just choosing between infrastructure equities and bonds you're actually introducing yeah. something completely foreign to the mix. so yep. I think I think in the new in the new world that we're heading into people are starting to appreciate that hey share market is looking pretty elevated right now. Um, mm. you know it's not so much so that we want to stay out we actually kind of want to get in as well but at mm. the same time we want to do so and we want to be diversified. So when you're diversifying including this new digital asset, I think it almost yep. gives you, licensed to operate still in traditional mainstream investments because you do have an element which is hedged should that things don't work well you've you've got something on the other end of that
0: thanks for tuning in to this summer series episode for your chance to win the financial planning session with darcy head over to our instagram at it's no secret nz catch you next week for a new episode